0: She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my show, Not Basic Blonde podcast, where I provide you a weekly dose of good laughs, great info and so many amazing takeaways. Have you ever wondered how to get on the news or how to be on TV? How to land free exposure in mainstream media? Well, in this episode, my guest Christina Nicholson will tell you how as seen in forbes fest company huffington post cnn and other all the famous media outlets christina is a award winning journalist with more than a decade of experience in anchoring reporting writing blogging video production editing social media photography and live tv also christina is the founder of media maven pr company she also has her podcast become a media maven with christina nicholson and she's a mom of three. I don't know how she does it all, but she will tell us all her secrets in this episode. But before we dive in, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Christina. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today?
2: Hello, Olia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you.
1: Me too. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah,
2: so I am a working mom. I've always been a working mom. I started my career in TV. I was a TV reporter and anchor for about 10 years before I started working at a PR agency. After six months, I left my job there and started my own agency. That kind of snowballed into me creating podcast Clout, which is a software that helps people land guest spots on podcasts. And I also have a lifestyle and freelance, um, a lifestyle and family blog. And I do it all with three kids at home. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old and a baby was almost one. Oh my God. You have your hands full. (laughs) It's a lot of work. I do have my hands full, but i am I am very lucky to have built a team over the last five years. while, I've had my PR agency, Media Maven, and my team. they are so much better than me at what they do. So they hold down the fort. so I can do I can do a lot of a lot of different things and tend to the children at home.
1: And that's the best part to have a great team because it's a lot of help.
2: It's so much help. and I, I was really slow to build the team because I feel like when you own your own business, it's, it's scary to put other people in control because it's your brand and it's your face and your name. And, you know, you have trust issues. You don't know another person's work ethic. But when I started to slowly build a team and I had that weight off my shoulders and I could do more things that I wanted to do and I could do more things that I was actually good at, I was like, okay, this is, This team is where it's at. So I'm all about building a team to let you live the life that you want while you make money to pay the bill.
1: Great. Yeah, it is hard to build a team because sometimes you feel like no one will do it better other than you. And you have to trust someone enough to actually do the same what you've been doing and not ruin your brand's reputation.
2: Listen, you're going to have highs and lows. You're going to hire the wrong people, and you're gonna have to fire people. But I don't think you, you can be successful without having a team. And you can't have that freedom without having a team. Like, you're not good at everything. You're not gonna like doing everything. So, you definitely need to bring in other people who are your strength to a weakness.
1: Absolutely. What inspired you to start your TV career?
2: Um, okay. So I always, from the very beginning, I mean, I remember when I was in eighth grade and we had career day, I lived in a small town. So I went to like a local cable station and I read the announcements for a church, like something like that. Like I did it on the local cable station. So I went to school in Ohio. I went to Ohio state and I majored in journalism and I had an internship at a local TV station. And then to get a job in TV, it's not a Paper resume that you need, you need an actual tape. So I would make my tape by going out with these reporters and photographers at my internship. And I would kind of just follow them around and see what they would do, questions. And then after a photographer would shoot a stand up, the part where you see the reporter on air is called um, stand up. So he would shoot a stand up with the reporter and then say, hey, do you want to do one too? And that's how you slowly make a tape. You just kind of use the photographer for his strengths of shooting and and editing video. You, you pop in there when you can, you borrow that video and then you edit it. And that's how you slowly make a tape. So I did that at my internship. And then I also purchased um, a course in LA from a man who used to be a TV reporter and anchor. And he kind of coached and taught people who wanted to go into that industry. So I made another tape with him and that's what led me to my first job. And in the industry, you move around a lot. You work, you start small and you work your way up. So you're always making new resume tapes. So my first job was in New York City. I worked for News 12, the Bronx. And there I made a tape and that got me my job in Beaumont, Texas. And there I was getting better. So I made a new tape. That got me my job in Fort Myers, Florida. I made a new take there because I got even better there. And then my last market was in um, the Miami Fort Lauderdale market at the NBC station. And I stayed there for four years. I had two kids while I was working there. And I I got out of the business after 10 years just because I needed something a little bit more flexible. Um, the, The local TV news business is not flexible at all. You work all the time. You don't get days off. You work around the clock. So now I still do TV stuff, but I do it on a freelance basis. I host segments on Lifetime TV. Um, I'm a spokesperson for, for different brands and whatnot. So I still do the TV stuff, but I do it on my terms and I do the stores that I want to do. So it offers me, you know, so I, I don't really miss it because I'm still kind of in it, but I'm in it on my own terms. So that's the whole TV thing. It is a very competitive industry. I will say if, If you want to get into it for every job posted, news directors get hundreds and hundreds of tapes. And now, obviously, it's different. You put it on YouTube and you share a link. But back then, I remember putting in a VHS tape and pressing play and record and like burning it over to a DVD or another VHS tape and actually putting it in the mail and I would spend so much money mailing my tapes to news directors until I got my first job.
1: Wow, it definitely was harder back then. But I'm glad it you, was. Yeah, I'm glad he made this transition. What lessons have you learned from being on TV?
2: A couple. And I think one, it's just because of how competitive the industry is, you have to learn to do everything. Like, you can't just be a good reporter, you can't just tell a good story, you can't just give a good live shot. When I worked in my first market and my last market, how big or small, you have to know how to shoot video. You have to know how to edit the video. The TV industry is changing so much and it's probably changed so much since I left six years ago now that you, you have to be able to do it all because they don't want to pay a bunch of people just to do their own specific job. For example, when I worked in the Bronx and when I worked in Miami, carry around a camera and a tripod, I would shoot the video. I would literally set my camera up, walk around in front of it and shoot myself in front of the camera, and then I would go back to the car and I would take out my laptop and I would edit the video and I would send it back to this like I would do everything from start to finish. And a lot of people think, "Oh, you just do that in small markets, you just do that when you're starting out and then when you go to a bigger market, you get a photographer and an editor. Uh, that used to be the case, but that is not the case anymore. Um, if they can hire me to do the job of three people, then I'm going to get that job over somebody else who doesn't know how to shoot or edit. And that's actually what got me the job in Miami over another person. I was told by, um, the chief photographer that I got the job because I knew how to shoot and edit. So I think, it taught me that if you are going to work in the competitive industry, you need to do every single thing possible to stand out and put yourself ahead of your competition. And then I think the second thing, which I guess it prepped me for for social media and all the trolls on social media is to grow a thick skin. People in the media who work in the media are not treated the best <laughs> by by outsiders. It's obviously gotten a lot worse in the last few years than when I was in it all the time. but. A lot of what we cover in local news is crime just because that's what people watch. So when you're doing these stories, you're going to neighborhoods and you're talking to people who don't necessarily want you to be there. They don't appreciate you sticking a camera or microphone in their face and they have some not nice words to say to you. So not only is it the people that you deal with face-to-face who are not kind, I mean like I've, I've even been like standing there ready to go live and a man walks by and just winds up and punches me super hard right in the arm. And I'm standing in front of the camera getting ready to go live and I can't do anything about it. Like I I live in five seconds, what am I going to do? So you just stand there and you kind of take the abuse from people. And then you have the viewers who have so many opinions and they are not shy to send you an email or a message on social media, or sometimes they just post it and tag you for everybody to see. They don't like your hair. They don't like what you're wearing. They think you look big. You shouldn't do this, or you said this wrong. And I mean, people are very critical of others on TV. And I was on the receiving end of that for years. And I think at the very beginning, it bothered me just because it was new. But now you could almost say anything to me on the internet and I don't care because you you build a thick skin, you consider the source, like who is this coming from? I mean, it's just like, when you really think about it, like, why am I going to let a stranger on the internet make me feel bad about myself? This person knows nothing about me, my family, my job, like anything. So sometimes I use it as like teaching moments, you know, like you'll reply and just make the person feel like an idiot for being such a jerk online. And then sometimes you ignore, sometimes you block, depending on how bad it is. Um, but I think that's, that's the second lesson is just that it taught me to have a thick skin and not be so concerned with what strangers opinions are.
1: It feels like everything what happened to you before prepared you for this moment.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, like people can say anything to me on the internet and I don't care. Like I'm not afraid to put myself out there. And I mean, as a business owner, I mean, granted when I was a TV reporter and anchor, I did not think I was ever going to be a business owner. That was never a plan. But when I started my own business, you have to market your own business. Like you have to put yourself out there so people know who you are and what you do, or else you're not going to get any clients and you're not going to make any money. So I guess it kind of prepped me for the fact that I'm going to put myself out there and everybody's going to have an opinion and everybody's going to say something, but I don't really care. Yeah. And funny story
1: happened to me one time because one guy had to get the story for the day for news and I ended up being on local news. And that happened like so funny because I see like minivan pulling up in my driveway and I was just thinking, okay, maybe it's just pest control or whatever. And this guy knocks on my door and I'm opening the door I'm just wearing my robe because I was about to go to interview. And he's telling me that, do you want to be on the news? I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, I'm trying to get the story for today, like for the news, because, well, at that time where I lived, our house like was on the main road where horrible constructions and so many people were affected by it. So he was like, do you want to be on the news? Um, just started now. And I'll ask you a couple of questions. So I was like, I'm just in my robe. I just got out of the shower. I have no makeup, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> How do you expect me to show up on the news like this? I know too many people, if they see me like this, they will think something wrong with me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but yes, you no, know, what he did. Yeah, that's what we had to do, right? Like, yeah. This every, you know what? I, I bet what happened, everybody was calling the TV station, all this construction, it's creating a mess. You got to do a story on it. Yeah. But you can't do a story like that unless you actually have people on camera talking about the mess of construction.
1: Yeah, and you know what happened because it was like middle of the day, everyone was gone, everybody was at work, and I was the one who was at home because he's like, I saw a car in your driveway, so I decided to try. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to show up on TV like this. So give me like 15 minutes. He's like, okay, I'll wait. So I went home, put makeup on, I dressed up, (laughs) got my hair done a little bit. And I went out and answered his questions. So he got me on the news the same day.
2: Yeah, it happens that fast, Like especially in TV. What we cover that day, like we do it from start to finish in just a few hours that day. And you were very helpful to that photographer because if you were the only one home and that story needed to be done, you were a lifesaver.
1: How did you decide to launch Media Maven?
2: So Media Maven came about because when I was in TV, I got a lot of pitches from publicists, from other business owners who wanted to be on TV and they wanted to talk about their business or their product or their service or themselves, you know, whatever it was. And it was very clear to me very quickly that these people had never worked in a newsroom. Like their pitches were terrible. They did not know how we put a story together, what our morning meetings were like, what we needed for a story. So when I was looking for a more flexible schedule, I said, I'm just going to work at a PR agency because a lot of these people in PR are doing a terrible job. So I worked at an agency for six months, but my boss was terrible. Like he was one of those people who would who would stand stand at the front door and if you walked in a minute late, he would be very rude and passive aggressive. he would make sure to time your lunch and if you I mean he would almost get an attitude with you if you took a lunch and he'd never wanted you leaving at five o'clock because if you did, then you were a clock watcher so you were expected to stay late like terrible situation. so after working there for six months, I said, you know what? Like I'm just gonna do this myself because these clients are coming in. They're giving this crazy boss all of this money, and whether or not we have one client or we have six clients, I'm still making the same amount of money, and I'm doing all the work. So no, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna I'm gonna be done. So I started my own business and I started doing everything myself at Media Maven. I was my salesperson, my marketer. I pitched all the clients. Like I did everything on my own. And when I started, you know, I was on Upwork trying to get clients. I was on LinkedIn. I was posting about my new business everywhere and anywhere I could. And then slowly, as I started getting more clients and very stressed out and overwhelmed with so much to do, I hired a business coach. And that was when I learned that um, I needed consistent income because when I started, my income was very inconsistent like i would have a great a great month and then the next month wouldn't be good and then i'd have a great month and the next one wouldn't be good and that's very stressful so i learned about having consistent income i learned about structuring products and services and how to pay a team and how to build a team and all of that so slowly over time um i hired my first person and that just kind of snowballed and now i have a team of 10 people. And, um, like I said, they are better than me. They're, they're so much better at me at pitching, at writing, at communicating with the clients, at communicating with the media. Um, um, so I know my clients are in good hands. So that's kind of how it started. I was just looking for a flexible schedule. And then when I started learning more about how to actually run a business, It just kind of evolved into, into an agency and what it is today. And then that kind of snowballed into other things. So we have the agency, but then people were sending me messages on Instagram, like, like where we connected, um, people were sending me messages on Instagram and they were, they were saying, Hey, like we want this, we want to be in the news, but we can't afford an agency. So then that's when I created my online course and I said, all right, well here, let me just tell you what to do. And then, you know, we'll help you execute it. You got, we'll tell you what buttons to push and you got to push the button. So that created, that's how my media mentoring program came about. And then, you know, fast forward a couple more years and podcasts are becoming extremely valuable. I mean, it's my number one lead generator is people hear me on podcasts or they listen to my podcast um, and they become a client. So then we were like, we got to get our clients on podcasts, but there was no easy way to find which podcast to pitch and how to pitch them. So then I created Podcast Cloud. And Podcast Cloud is a software that basically handles all of that research for you. And then in between all of that, right after I left TV, I started blogging at ChristinaAllday.com. And that's just like my fun family lifestyle blog. Um And that's always just kind of been in the background. So everything under the media umbrella, like I have the PR agency, I have the online course, I have the podcasting software, and then I have my lifestyle and freelance blog. They all kind of work together. So they're not four totally separate things. They all work together. And so I think that plus the team helped me manage it all.
1: That's amazing. And how can someone get a free exposure in mainstream media? Is it possible? I mean, oh my I gosh. It's possible.
2: Yes, there are so many ways. And and you don't have to necessarily talk about construction outside your house to do it. <laughs> you can. There are so many ways. Um, I work with media mentoring clients on this all the time. And um, if actually, if you had to pitch publicityprofit.com, you can see step-by-step step how we did it for one of our mentoring clients. So I'll just, I'll walk you through what's in there and it'll, it'll probably help um, you listening. So she lived in San Diego. She was a dietitian, and she wanted to build her personal brand. She wanted to get more clients, um, specifically moms, um, who wanted to help their kids with their eating habits. So this was, um, around fall. And we thought, okay, well, what are some good ideas that we could pitch to the news? So the big mistake people make when they pitch the news is they just want to talk about themselves or their service or their product. Well, that's not news. If you want to do that, then you need to pay for a commercial. So what we decided was that everybody's talking about back to school, back to school topics that is newsworthy. And a problem that a lot of parents have is you send your kids to school with a lunch and they don't eat it. So we pitched to the local TV station, as kids get ready to head back to school, and you'll see the exact pitch at pitchpublicityprofit.com, but the the main gist is, as kids get ready to head back to school, you want to make sure that they come home with an empty lunchbox and they eat all their healthy food at school. And I can come in and I can show you exactly what to pack that they will love. So she literally sent that on a Monday, on a Wednesday, she emailed me and she was like, they want me there. So she went to the TV station, she brought a beautiful setup. So she's with the anchor in front of the desk. And she has, you know, like five different things. She's walking and talking as she moves along. And right after that aired, she started getting contacted by local food brands in San Diego who saw it. And they were like, Oh, can, can you promote our product on your blog? Like they automatically just assumed she was a local food influencer because they saw her on TV. So then she started making brand deals and talking about different food products on her blog. And she was getting paid to do this. So her goal, funny was to, for moms to see it and moms to call her, her, but and, and that did happen but what we what happened that we didn't expect was that brands would see it and brands would contact her and and since then she's been a regular on TV with different food topics um you know like super bowl like th- healthy things to cook for a super bowl party things like that so when it comes to earning that that's a long-winded answer to how do you earn media that's the example i give because she didn't send an email saying, hey, I'm a dietitian. I can tell, tell you how to eat healthier. Well, that's not newsworthy. Maybe that'll work around New Year's because everybody's New Year's resolution is to be healthier. So maybe that would work with that tie-in, but you have to tie it in with something newsworthy. Like look at the calendar. What are people talking about now? Look at what is already in the news. What are people talking about nationally? How does that relate to you? How can you add to that story? How can you localize that story where you live? So I think that's the big trick into finding those newsworthy stories. And then when you reach out, just make it personal. Don't send one email to 30 people at once because A, it's what most people do. It's very obvious and we're not going to respond. We don't even open it when we see that. And B, you will stand out a lot from the crowd if you just say something personal, you know, like, um... Like when you sent me a message on Instagram, like I know you're, it's just you and me talking on Instagram because it's happening in DMs. That's very different than me getting an email and I see I'm BCC'd. Like, why am I BCC'd if you're just emailing me? That doesn't make any sense. So keep it personal, like follow the person on Twitter, follow them on, on social media, connect with them. So when you do show up in their inbox, they know who you are. And say something like, hey, I saw this story that you did and it reminded me of this. Or, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for the last month and I've been binging your episode, like whatever it is. Um, Because A, it's rare and B, it'll really help you stand out and increase your chances of earning coverage.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. How do we hold ourselves back from being successful without even realizing it?
2: I think a lot of that comes down to mindset. And when I started my business, I had a bad money mindset. And it's funny because I didn't even realize I had a bad money mindset. Like I was afraid to spend money because I was afraid that like I would hire a business coach and I wouldn't be successful. So for that reason, I am very, and I think everybody should be good money mindset, bad money mindset. You should be very particular about who you hire, especially when you see online marketing because a lot of people appear successful and appear good online and in real life, they're not. (laughs) Um, So I think people hold themselves back by a not doing their research when they hire people or just not hiring people at all. Like if you want to be successful, you need somebody successful to tell you what to do. The free stuff on the internet will only get you so far. You can only listen to so many podcasts and they're helpful, like a hundred percent they're helpful. And that's what I did for the first two years of my business. But at some point you need to speak with somebody one-on-one and you need to say, this is my specific situation. This is specifically where I want to go. So tell me step-by-step what I need to do to get there. And that's going to be different from everybody because everybody's going to have different goals. Everybody's gonna be in a different space. Like some people, their goal is to make a certain amount of money. Some people, their goal is to make a certain amount of money while only working 20 hours a week. Some people wanna be able to only work six months at, like everybody's got a different goal. So it's really helpful to talk to somebody one on one, and you have to make sure you are choosing that person correctly. Um, For example, I know specifically, I'm not gonna name names, but I know somebody in my industry who appears to be very successful online, rubs elbows with you know other quote unquote influencers online. And I know she doesn't have a lot of money because she spends a lot of money on her business and she doesn't get as much back. And I know that when she does get clients, she outsources all of the work. She doesn't do any of the work herself. It is all outsourced. And I think that is a a thing that is not uncommon. So many people are paying for things online because they're believing good marketing and it ends up being a waste of their money and then they're afraid to spend money again. And you should not be afraid to spend money when it comes to investing in yourself personally or professionally. And that fear is what holds people back. So I think to get over the fear, you just have to do it that's what I did. I just did it. But before I did it, I made sure that my business coach was successful. I made sure the clients that my business coach had were successful. And I made sure that this person had a high retention rate. Like people didn't just hire this person and then leave after a couple of months. They stayed with this person year after year. So I think if you look at those three things, you're probably going to be in a good place. Um, you always want to get referrals, you know, how did you like working with this person? But then again, you know, you're dealing with people's personal tastes, you know, some people like tough love, some people like more soft, deep, friendly coaching. I am more just come in and tell me what, what, what I need to do. This is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. Tell me what to do step by step. And then when I do it, I'll come back and ask you what's next. That's how I am. And everybody's got a different style. Every coach has a different style and every person on the receiving end has a different style for what, what works and what doesn't work. So, um, I think when, when you say, how are people getting in their own way? How are people holding themselves back? That's one reason they're just not doing what it takes to invest in themselves. And and it's time and money. It's not just, you know, spending money on a coach, but it's after you learn something, you have to take the time to implement it. A lot of people buy online courses. A lot of people listen to podcasts. They get all of this information and it's all amazing. But it doesn't do any good if you don't do anything with it. Like you have to invest the time to implement it and people don't and and you're holding yourself back when you do that. And then it's just the fear, you know, like I talked about everybody coming for me on social media whenever I did anything wrong or didn't look the way they wanted me to look on air. You can't be afraid of that stuff. You can't be afraid of other people's opinions of you. You just, you just have to do it. And if you are really that afraid to the point where you don't want to put yourself out there, then you're going to need to like get a job because you can't be successful in business if you don't tell people who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And there are tons of online courses right now. It's overwhelming. And to find the right one, like you said, it is hard because so many people look very successful online. That's so true.
2: I mean, think about it. Anybody can post anything on the internet and lots of people are. Anybody can create a website. I mean, people can even make up testimonials from other people. So, I mean, seriously, you need to do your homework. Take everything with a grain of salt. I did a TEDx talk in Boca Raton not too long ago and the topic was fake news, it's your fault. And I went into how people see something on the internet and if they like what they see, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is true. It's amazing. Or they're going to do nothing but complain about it and draw attention to it, which only amplifies it even more. I mean, I use the Kardashians as an example. If you see anything um, posted about them on social media and you go to the comment section, most of it's all negative, rude comments. But the person who posted that they don't go through and see all those negative comments. They just see lots of comments and they're like, Ooh, this Kardashian post got a lot more engagement than these five other ones. So let's post more of that. Like you're in control of what you see by how you react to it. So you need to be wiser and you need to do your own research when it comes to jumping on the newest trend or, you know buying that online course, yeah, I definitely agree with you.
1: How can someone become an influencer entrepreneur?
2: I just did a podcast episode with um, Jenny Melrose on this topic. and she's somebody who's great at this because she started as a blog. And I honestly don't like the term influencer just because everybody uses it. and it it's I feel like everybody's an influencer, even if you're not on social media. Like if you tell me, hey go watch this show i like it and i go and watch the show then you just influenced me to watch the show so does that mean you're an influencer and then you have influencers quote unquote <laughs> that are on um i think like a year ago this woman made news because she was on instagram with like 2 million followers and she wanted to sell 37 shirts and she only sold like two and she had 2 million influencers like are you an influencer then like just based on your numbers even though you can't really influence a lot of people to buy something I think, you know, just cutting out the word influencer, if you're an an entrepreneur who is moving the needle for people, whatever, whatever it is you do, you, you know, you help them succeed um, by getting them in the media, you help them succeed by living a healthier life. You help them succeed by knowing their numbers in their business. You help them succeed by keeping their house organized, whatever it is. I think, that the influencer part will just come as a side effect of you being good at what you do. So if you're good at what you do, and people appreciate it, then they're going to talk about it and words going to spread. And that's, I think, where the influence comes into play. So I think it's just a matter of, again, not being afraid to put yourself out there, being good at what you do, and the people on the receiving end, you know, appreciating it. And And telling people about it. And then that's, you know, not only how you build your influence, but how you build your business and your brand. Yeah, I think
1: so too. And I know you love podcasting and I did too myself. And what do you think about it just in general? Should we have or should someone start podcasts no matter what?
2: Well, I think it's great to have your own platform. Um, Just like, like, you know, people will say, oh, I'm on Instagram or I'm on Facebook. And it's like, ah, yeah, but... You don't own Instagram and you don't own Facebook. When you have your own podcast, you can say whatever you want. Um, it's like having your own website. When you have your own website, like you can do whatever you want. So I think it's good to have your own platform. Definitely. Cause you control the message and you can, you know, have more control over who sees it and what it looks like and what it sounds like, but it is a lot of work. You know, it's not like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, I want to start a blog and make money. I want to, I want to start a podcast and make money uh, it doesn't work like that. Like it's growing a podcast is very hard. Um, it's something that I still struggle with today, you know, two years in, to be honest, because I think podcasting is still newer for a lot of people. There's not a lot of, um, of data for us to use, um, for our podcast to, to help us grow it. They're not easy to be found in search. That's, you know, one of the other reasons I created podcast cloud. So it is something that it, it takes more time to even put together an episode than people believe. Um, especially if you have a guest, you know, you have to deal with the scheduling and then you have to do the editing and then you have to release it and then you have to promote what you released. And there's a lot of stuff involved. Um, So yes, if you want to build your personal brand, you should start your own podcast, but just be prepared that it's a lot of work, not only to start and do, but to promote and grow. So people actually listen, like you don't want to do all and have nobody listen. But I also think it's also important to be a guest on podcast. Being a guest on podcast is also a great way to build your own podcast. You know, like people might hear me now on your podcast and they may say, oh, cool. I like her. So I'm gonna go listen to Become a Media Maven because they've met me on your podcast. And I also think the the same reason exists for starting your own. You want to build your personal brand. Well, then you need to get in front of other people who don't currently know you. So you should be a guest on other podcasts to build your personal brand, to talk to those people who who really would benefit from getting to know you. So I say yes and yes um, to to starting your own and to being a guest on others. And there's just something about the podcast platform that is different from other media. Um, You know, you you can sift through a magazine, you can have TV on in the background, you can scroll through some online articles. But when you listen to a podcast, you are actually picking up, like you're doing it with intent. You're picking up your phone, you're finding that specific episode and you're hitting play. So you know the person listening listening to you on that podcast, took an effort, a concentrated effort to listen to what you had to say in that episode. And they get to hear your voice and the tone in your voice, which is very different from reading it. So they they hear your inflection, they get to know you a lot better on a podcast. And I just think it's so much more beneficial that that happens. And it's it's something where, you know, even me and my clients, it's the quickest ROI that you'll see when we talk about forms of media. Like TV's great for building credibility and authority. Everybody wants to be on TV. It's the hardest media to get. There's time constraints. Like it's super impressive when you're on TV, but when you're on a podcast, like people want to move quick. Like if they like you, they'll go to you on social media. They'll send you an email, they'll download, you know, your freebie, whatever it is. So I think podcasts are great for people who want to build a personal brand for sure
1: I'm surprised how many people still don't know about podcasting like they don't even know what podcast yes they don't even listen to it
2: oh my, I'm shocked like it's becoming more mainstream for sure like it's only be like you see in the numbers it is definitely becoming more popular but it's very surprising that a lot of people still don't understand what it is. I think a lot of these celebrities getting into it, you know, like almost every celebrity, they're either a guest on one or they have their own. I think that's helping make it a little bit more clear and educate people. And it is growing. But yes, I am shocked on how out of the loop many people are when it comes to podcasting.
1: So true. What's the best way to build online presence?
2: Um, I think it all goes back to, again, not being afraid to put yourself out there. I will tell you something that drives me crazy is when people are on social media and they're not social. This happened. I just recently bought some skincare and I had a problem with it. And I tried reaching out to them on social media. And it only made me even more upset because they ignored every single thing, every tag on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And then you go through their Facebook and they got comments on posts and nobody's responding. So that is not how you do it. (laughs) You need to pay attention to your notifications. If people are being social with you, you need to be social back. You should be responding to every comment. I'll give you a pass if it's not a nice comment and somebody's being rude. But even then, it's good to respond just so other people see you're acknowledging it. Um, So I think it's very important to be social. And I think it's very important to not focus on promoting yourself all the time. You know, just like in pitching the media. People don't want to see you just selling your stuff all the time. So when when I post things, I very rarely post like "hire me, I'll get you in the media." Buy Podcast Cloud; it'll help you be a guest on more podcasts. Instead, I share blog posts from Podcast Cloud, like helpful things, things that will help people, things that people want. And when you build that brand, and when they're ready to hire you, you're gonna be top of mind. So I would say give them things that they want, don't focus on selling and be social with people. And then the, this the sale just comes by default down the road. Like, I think we're just such an impatient society right now where people like, I'm just like shocked at the way people treat, not just social media, but even in person, like, hi, I'm Christina. Want to buy this? Like, uh, can you see if I actually want it first? Like this happens to me on LinkedIn all the time. People will connect with me on LinkedIn and then the same day they're giving me this long spiel trying to sell me like their service where they create apps. Well, you should have had a conversation with me first to see if I even want an app before you you did all this, you know, because it's just such a turnoff. So don't do that to build a brand instead, just give people what they want. And when they decide they want it, you will be top of mind and they will hire you.
1: Yeah. And also like sometimes we (laughs) bloggers and podcasters share a lot of things that we spend our own time to share something and talk on camera and engage with our audience. And some people might say, you don't get paid for it. Why are you doing it? Well, first of all, like I love to do it. Second of all, I'm trying to engage with my community.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's a good point because, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to start again. I'm going to start a podcast to make money. or I'm going to start a blog to make, make money. Well, you can't just start something and make money right away. That's not, that's not how it works. I mean, if you look at any successful business, they didn't make money on day one. They lost money on day one. (laughs) Like, They, they, you invest in something and then it slowly grows over time. It's just silly. I mean, the only people who can do that are like people who have already built something. And I use this example with authors a lot. So you have somebody who hasn't really built a big personal brand and they write a book and they expect all these book sales when their books released. Well, why would people buy your book if they don't know you? They don't know you. They don't, they don't know what you're writing. Like nothing. Why are they write Why are they buy your book? But if you're already a celebrity, you know, if you've built your brand because you're a real housewife and you come out with a book, millions of people know you already. So yeah, they're going to buy your book because they already know you. So you have to put in, again, that time or that money to build your brand, to give people a reason to pay you. um, I'm in a PR Facebook group and somebody in there posted like, I'm pitching podcasts and they're charging me. And I don't know if I should pay for my client to be on a podcast. And I was like, well, why are they charging you? Are they charging you because they have a whole bunch of listeners? Because if that's the case, then that's an advertisement and they need to show you all of their data and all of their statistics. So it's an alignment if you're going to pay for an ad, but why are they charging you? And then somebody in the comments said like, well, it takes, it takes a lot of time to put a podcast together and this person needs to pay me for my time. And it's like, no, they don't. You went into podcasting. No, it takes a lot of time to put a podcast together. They should not pay you for it. You chose to do this. If you show them what they're going to get for it, like you have a bunch of listeners who would potentially convert into clients for them, then that's a better explanation. than then, oh, well, it takes a lot of work for me, so you should pay me. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, you just have to be, not be entitled and just understand that things take time to build. And if, if you are going to spend money on something, then you're going to want to get value out of it. So if you are going to give somebody value, you have to work for that value. You have to, I mean, that's why Kim Kardashian gets paid a million dollars an in Instagram post, and I don't she worked her way up to get that value. So she can do that. So you can't just charge for the sake of charging. And if you are going to charge, you have to show people on the receiving end what they're going to get for that money. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely.
1: What helps you to stay organized with your busy schedule?
2: Oh, I love organization. I'm all about the home at it on Netflix right now. I love organization in every way. Just because if, if things aren't organized, I get very overwhelmed and stressed. I feel like I have so much to do. Like that's just my personality. Like I will tell you something that's life changed. I turned the notifications off on my phone, like on my email and my social media, because if I see that little red bubble with a number, I just have to go in there and take care of it. So I turn my notifications off. Um, but I am a big fan of color blocking and putting everything in my Google Calendar. And everything even has a color. Like if it's client work, it's pink. If it's admin work, it's purple. If it is um if it is podcasting, it's yellow. Things like that. So everything is in the calendar and my husband knows if it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. I have to have everything written down and everything scheduled. So I know exactly when things are happening. And that's how you get it done. And you have to be very strict with it. I mean, I don't, I'm do not i not somebody who likes working out. I do different workouts here and there. And if it's not in the calendar, it's not getting done. But if it's in the calendar, it's like, okay, I have to do it. So that is how I stay organized. It is in the calendar. And my calendar tab is always open on my laptop. And then again, this is also where having a team is very helpful because there are things that I am not good at or that I don't want to do. And then I just pay my team to do those things because that frees up my time. Could I do it myself and keep more money? Yes, I could, but I would rather have less money and more freedom. Um, again, that's my priority. Um, I, I am not somebody who needs a million dollars a year to be happy because I just prefer honestly to sit at home, read my books, watch TV, hang out with the fam. Like I'm not somebody where expensive cars and houses and trips and all of that, like are my jam. So for me, paying somebody to take some work off of my plate to give me more time to read a book, that's success for me. So my team helps me stay organized by by me being able to have less in my calendar. And then what is in my calendar is actually stuff that I want to do or that I enjoy doing.
1: I love Google calendar and I'm the same way. I cannot even function if everything around me is not organized. I have to like clean up
2: and have to organize mm-hmm.
1: everything. Then I can sit down and do my work.
2: <laughs> I feel, if it's not, I feel so overwhelmed, like when things are not clean and organized. And unfortunately. I am the only person in my family who feels like this. So I get a little anxious every day. <laughs> I totally feel you. <laughs> what is the best advice you can
1: give to women who are trying to build their careers?
2: That's a good question. Because when men deal with a lot of shit that men don't. And for any man who says that's not true, like let me take you into my DMs and show you the comments that I get that I guarantee you don't. I think, I mean, we've already covered a lot. I think you have to be confident. And if you don't feel confident, you need to read a book on confidence and you need to pretend to be confident. Like Beyonce has her alter ego, Sasha Fierce, And she says like in real life, she's really shy, but on stage, she's like Sasha Fierce. I think in certain situations in business, you have to be like Sasha Fierce. Like if you don't like sales and you're going into a sales call with a potential client, you have to be like, okay, right now I'm Beyonce, but now I'm going to be Sasha Fierce. I think that'll help with your confidence. I'm, like I said, I'm a big fan of reading books, I, a, a book that really helps with mo- with a money mindset, which even if, even if you don't think you have this problem, you probably do. If you've ever said, I can't afford something or I don't have time for something, then you do have a scarcity mindset. Um, because A, you control how you spend your time. It's how you're prioritizing it. And B, yes, you can afford it. Just because the money's not in your bank doesn't mean you can't afford it. I didn't have money in my bank to buy this house and I'm still paying for it and I'm still living in it. That's why we have mortgages. That's why we have car loans. Like it's, it's what a a priority is for you. You know, like I've had people tell me, Oh, I can't buy your course. It's a thousand dollars. And then I see on social the next week, they're like taking a vacation to Europe. Like, that's fine. Just say, I'm going to spend my $1,000 on a vacation to Europe instead of buying your course. So I think my, my suggestion to women, those are just a couple of examples, um, get over the scarcity mindset because that will hold you back. It held me back for two years. Um, rich dad, poor dad is a great book that helps, uh, secrets of the millionaire mind. Maybe my favorite, um, first scarcity mindset. Um, When it comes to setting goals to actually hit them, instead of just setting them and doing whatever you want, uh, The 12-Week Year. The 12-Week Year is a super helpful book, um, and it will tell you literally what you need to do every day, every week, every month to hit that goal that you set. You like reverse engineer it every 12 weeks. We've already discussed, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there. You just have to do it. You have to grow a thick skin. You can't worry about what other people think and what they're going to say, because trust me. They are all going to think and say a lot of things. So I think you just have to, you and you have to be good at what you do. I think that's another big one. Everybody talks about following your passion and being passionate about stuff. Yes, that's important. You should like what you do, but people are not going to pay you to do what you like to do. They're going to pay you because you're good at it. So more than passion, you need to actually be good at it. And you know, this is like, you know, you see on American Idol, you see people singing and they're auditioning and they're terrible. Well, should they get a record deal because they're really passionate about singing or should they get a record deal because they're actually good at it? So you've got to be good at what you do. You've got to keep learning. You have to keep your finger on the pulse of everything. That's why I do a lot under the media umbrella. That's why I have my podcast and my blog and why I'm on other podcasts and why I'm still on TV, because it's important to be in the industry and be active in the industry where you are working day to day. So you know what the hell's going on. You have to be good at what you do. So always be learning. I think that's it. That's a lot of things. (laughs) I don't want to overwhelm anybody. It's just my advice to women is you have to just do what you want and not feel bad about it. Stop caring about what other people think.
1: I love how you said it. And I really love mindset books. I read them all the time. Now I'm reading creating money book. I think um, someone mentioned it on Instagram stories and I've seen it. And I went right into it and I kind of love it, but I think it just helps you. Like you said, it's not about you have money or not. It just helps you to educate yourself if you want to be more and more successful.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, you, you asked earlier what holds people back and most of it is mindset. And especially with women, like I feel like women underestimate what is real and i feel like generally speaking men overestimate what is real so like women like step it up be like sasha fierce
1: right <laughs> we do because i don't think men even think too much about money but us we kind of do because for them it's kind of natural they're learned i mean they've been providers since like you know early ages starting way back a long time ago and women became more independent. It's just been, what, 40, 50 years?
2: Right. Like, it's not 1950 anymore, people. It is not. It is like, it is 2020. It is almost 2021. Like, you do you.
1: For sure. <laughs> and where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all your
2: information? Yeah. So you can find Instagram or Twitter at Christina all day. For more about Media Maven, you can just head to com. For more on Podcast Clout, you can head to podcastclout.com. For uh, the lifestyle blog, that's at Christina All Day. Uh, two things. I mentioned Pitch Publicity Profit. Uh, pitchpublicityprofit.com. That will get you um, the inside look at that pitch that I talked about with uh, the dietitian who lands it on TV. We talk about her pitch that led to publicity and how she ended up getting the profit. So you'll get some more details on that. And if you want to pitch to be on podcasts and get more publicity, I will share with you an exact pitch that I sent to get on one of the biggest podcasts in the world that ended up um, turning into lots of revenue for me. You can get that at podcastclout.com slash Pat. Oh,
1: great. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much for
2: having me, Oya. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah, me too.
1: That was all for today, and I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Not Basic Blonde Podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can always find me on Instagram. It's Blonde underscore or Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day.